the top players and legends to the very best analysts around the world from wherever the beautiful game is played. This is BTP. Now, we're talking football. Yes, hello folks, and welcome to be on the pitch back for a second episode of the Google Football Show here with the fantastic Yash Mahalik. Man, if you listened to our show last week, which we do really appreciate, and I loved your feedback on it. Uh, it was something we just sort of threw together last minute. And it flew very well, so we decided to keep doing it. Decided to ha- delighted to have Yanis back. Yanis, how you doing, pal? I'm doing well. Uh, glad to be back, and I, I trust you that people enjoyed it. Because <laughs> you never know the people, if, if they did, yeah, I hope they you tell me, you know what I mean? But it's always nice to hear that people actually want to listen to us. They'd certainly tell me. They never slide it. They never, never slowly tell me that on Twitter. Um, but uh, lots to talk about. We'll talk about, of course, this incredible development of Lionel really Messi. Um, we'll, uh, we'll talk as well about the situation of Barcelona, uh, Chelsea. And their signings, which is quite interesting. Mm-hmm. And I get a, a quick opinion on Harry Maguire's situation. Let's talk about Messi for a minute, um, because it's been a question for many, many years. Will Lionel Messi ever leave Barcelona? And whilst it was an interesting question for shows like this, shows like many others, it never seemed actually possible, because it mm-hmm. just felt like so many things needed to happen for Messi to leave. He's such an important player. The money involved, even a club like Manchester City, would balk at it. And still, I don't, I, I look at the numbers involved and I have my serious doubts about it. But mm. it seems Lionel Messi does, for the first time, seem committed to wanting to leave Barcelona. It doesn't seem like this is motivation for a new contract or things like that. It clearly seems related to Ronald Koeman. So the timing seems odd, given that he could have left a month ago for free. Um, it raises many, many questions. But first of all, what's your take on this whole situation with Messi? Well, you've mentioned you, you've mentioned that you've never believed uh, that it would happen. So many things would have to happen for it to happen, and I think all those so many mm-hmm. things have happened because just like just like you, uh, even when it broke, what was it Monday, Tuesday, maybe I think when mm-hmm. it broke, I still thought to myself, and I was on different programs doing stuff. I, I said, well. If, you know, it's probably a power play by Messi. Maybe he's flexing his muscles just a little bit to get to get Barcelona to do what he wants. But then I started thinking, well, even if that's the case, even if just the only, you know, if the, if the only thing is to 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 get it his way, it, that's still going to take a while because I think it was coming for a long time, right? I mean, uh, you and I go a long way back, and I'm sure the listeners mm-hmm. as well. And you know, you know, when Alves left. Uh, I thought to myself, well, that's the first one. Because remember the partnership, those mm-hmm. two, out yeah. on the right-hand side. I'm not sure if anybody else in the world has as many assists as, as uh, Alves does with Messi. I mean, he would just bomb that right-hand side and find him, and, and the rest was history, right? Uh, and then, of course, you know, I mean, I don't even want to mention the Xavi and Iniesta. That was always going to happen. It happens at every club. Your beloved Manchester United is going still through the transition from mm-hmm. Sirac. Ferguson, Arsenal are still going from uh, the transition in uh, since uh, uh, since um, uh, Arsene Wenger. I am sure that Liverpool, you know, even though they were going through a transition for what it seemed like forever, you know, when club decides to leave, those are not going to be, you know, easy shoes to fill. Well, Messi is the entire club. So here we are. Maybe it has to happen. You know, the questions we have to ask ourselves before we go, is it even possible financially? I mean, it's good for both, maybe, right? I mean, think about it. Uh, you know, Messi and Barcelona, yeah. because he was always going to leave at some stage. Certainly, if you're Barcelona, I look at this and I would say, 
would I sell Lionel Messi at this stage of his career for this type of money? Without a doubt. One of the things that we saw against Bayern Munich is no matter how good Messi is, if the rest of your team isn't right, it doesn't matter. He's not going to take you, he's not going to win games on his own. Right? So he's superlative a talent that he is. But he, the thing that is interesting to me, Yanish, is every coach that's come to Barcelona, <clears throat> they've come with one prerequisite. Lionel Messi sends Sans to the to place, right? You do what Lionel Messi tells you and mm-hmm. you conform to his will, uh, not the other way around. It would appear that the opposite has happened under Ronald Koeman. So why have Barcelona all of a sudden allowed Ronald Koeman to come in there, lay down the law to Lionel Messi and say, for the first time, we are going to let Ronald Koeman run the place, not Lionel Messi? Well, that's what I mean. That's why I think that, you know, it'll come out eventually. But for a little messy, this was the last straw because you have to imagine that just like any other coach that, that came in, they would have to ask him, wouldn't they? I mean, they wouldn't just make a decision without Lil Messi. That's always been the case. And when I look at Ronald Koeman, and even just his personality, you know, I know he's been, you know, he's been tremendous for, for Barcelona when he played. You and I still re- remember that. But as a manager, he doesn't seem like the one that's going to continue on, you know, with Johan Cruyff has started or maybe the philosophy of Barcelona. Not, you know, not to mention that as a manager, as of late, he hasn't been successful, right? So I think for Lil Messi, I mean, if he was told, listen, we're thinking about Ronald Koeman, and this is just a guess on my part, I, I question that if I were Lil Messi. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, you know, if that's the man to quickly come in, mm-hmm. continue the philosophy sure. of the way Barcelona plays and change that. It just doesn't seem that way. I'm not saying that he's not going to be able to, but it just doesn't seem that way. And let's not forget that Lil Messi doesn't have a lot of time. So even if the philosophy is good and if there's a – if there's a plan in place that certainly would take a couple years at the very least, you know, you can see how Leo may say, hmm, do I have that time? Having said all of that, uh, I don't want, you know, I mean, because because I don't want to play Leo Messi as just the victim as much as I love him. Everybody sure. knows that he's the GOAT. But, you know, I mean, he participated in all of that. He knows how important it is for mm-hmm. him to be the, the, the main main player on that team when you talk about uh, talk about Ballon d'Or he needs to have the ball at all times he thinks he's the best he knows he's the best in order to compete with Cristiano Ronaldo year in and year out which by the way is important even if you think that Leo Messi is the most humble person in the world which probably isn't the case which probably isn't the case because you have to have an ego to be at this level you've got to have an ego if you don't have an ego you're not getting it but even if you think that you know, he still is a an incredible marketing tool, not just for himself, but for everybody else. So you almost have to put all your chips in, in that, you know, in low Messi. So I just think that, look, would, would this happen in Bayern Munich? No. This, this, is, this, this to me is, you know, more than a club, it is not. Bayern Munich is more than a club. No matter what you think, over decades, they never change. When they see trouble, they react immediately. They have the right people. I think you and I have talked about it last mm-hmm. time on the spot, so I don't want to repeat myself. But for the, you know, I think it's, it's, it's important to bring that up. It's the fact that uh, Barcelona, I mean, my goodness, you know, Xavi, Iniesta, Alves, not enough warnings there. You know, I'm sure they thought that by, by buying certain players, they may be able to rebuild that, but they've seen the warning signs and I think this is going to happen. I didn't think it was possible, but I think this is going to happen somehow. I don't know how yet. Well, to me, where they are, Giannis, you don't get there overnight, right? This is, 
in an accumulation of bad decision after bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. I'm going to ask to start with the Ronald Koeman situation because when you look at the Barcelona, the great Barcelona teams over the years, going back to Pep Guardiola's team, and I know the greatest coaches in the world make it look easy, but it was Barcelona team that was just over, had overwhelming talent. It, it, you could have brought in most average managers and they'd have found a way to win. As long as you yep. can manage personalities, you would, that, yep. this Barcelona team would find a way to win. There was that good. But Barcelona are not that Barcelona anymore. And now this is where, where you really earn your corn as an executive. You really, you, this is where key decisions are made because it has massive ramifications for how you go forward and how quickly the rebuild starts. You, Manchester United, as we mentioned, are a club to learn from in the sense that they've got it wrong year after year after year. And really, it's only been the last 18 months where they've looked like they finally found their feet and are making some progress. Ronald Koeman is not someone with a managerial track record that says to me, this is the right guy to come in, to put all the confidence in, to spend money. Maybe you don't have a Barcelona. Barcelona Barcelona's debt is incredible. 800 million euros, right? With an 800 million euro debt, uh, you don't have the money to waste. Ronald Koeman's in charge of a rebuild. Why Ronald Koeman? I mean, I know he played there, but why Ronald Koeman? Well, I think, you know, he, he may be easy to control, but Bartomeu, who we all thought that may be leaving, mm. but who knows, not, you know, whatever the elections may take place, you know, it doesn't look like they're going to be put forth, right? I mean, we'll see now with this messy situation. Uh, I mean, he's obviously, you know, legend of the club, but also one that probably agreed uh, to what Bartomeu wanted. And, and let's face it, that's not what Leo Messi wants. That's not what a lot of supporters don't want. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, just the fact that somebody like Xavi didn't want to come in for as long as this right. this president is in, it's, it's telling, right? Because if mm -hmm. Xavi was coming in, I bet you we pro the situation wouldn't have been different, right? Mm -hmm. It's say Xavi says I'm coming in, but but that would probably he'd be probably able to placate uh, uh, Leo Messi, even though nothing would have changed because his task would have been Herculean, just mm -hmm. like just like now. But it's it's just a different it's just different, right? The trust that you'd have had with Xavi, who truly knows what this you know, what this club is all about and how they want to play. He would have been just like, well, even worse than Kuman in some ways because his experience is not great as a manager just yet, where, you know, given the fact where he is coaching right now. But just to say that and to see the reaction of, of, of such a legend like Carlos Puyo to the tweets mm -hmm. of, of Suarez, I mean, it tells you everything. So, I mean, it's rotten to a core there and it's probably a lot of things that we don't know just yet. And, and it's at a level where Kuman always wanted to do it. I think his ego is, is just big enough to think that he's going to be able to do it. And you know, when, you know when, a job like when a job like Barcelona comes around, those massive, massive jobs, no matter how bad they are, the temptation is there. Well, if I fix this, I'm going to be an absolute legend. You know what I mean? Sometimes the best time to join is when there's chaos. Because, you know, I always say where, where there's chaos, there's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. And I think that often it's true, but not always. And because the way Barcelona are set up, because it looks like Bartomeu might still be there, Xavi was smart enough to say, eh, 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 my time will come. The Barcelona will come calling for me. Or at least I will have that opportunity at some stage. I'm a young manager. I'm a young person. I'm not touching that. Kuman, on the other hand, I think, A, he probably missed the day-to-day -day managing of, of, of a club, which, mm -hmm. you know, he's been 
Um, he's, he's often said, I mean, he, I think he's done a pretty good job with Holland, you have to say. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he obviously played for Barcelona. And I think he thinks, you know what, I, I can fix this. Let me ask you about Emmanuel Petit's comments related to Lionel Messi, because he doesn't believe that England is the best place for Messi. He doesn't believe he's best to look the intensity of the English Premier League game. The money that's talked about for Lionel Messi is astronomical. And Manchester City, whilst they have a lot of money, they're, they're still shrewd people. They're still not someone that's just going to turn around and say, here's 300 million just because of Lionel Messi. You know, this is not, you know, maybe if he's 26, okay. Right, but given the numbers that are involved, I, I assume City no longer fear any ramifications from FFP. You would imagine that the only way it can happen is if Messi leaves on a free. But Pep Guardiola is also going to have to give the same concessions to Lionel Messi in the Manchester City dressing room that was given to him in the Barcelona dressing room, which completely changes the dynamic inside the Manchester City dressing room. So it's not just about money. There's other aspects here. Is it worth it, Yanish? I think it is because I think the situation is different when Pep Guardiola came to Barcelona as a very young manager, right? Not, not a proven manager with such a big star, not just one star, but many, many stars. He was smart enough to let these guys play because they knew how good they were. And he wasn't getting involved in the politics of it. You know, I don't think he was. With, Pe with, with Messi, he didn't have to in those years, right? But I do think that I'm not... I'm not going to say here, and this is just guessing, of course, I'm not saying that Messi is, is going to change, but I think Messi is going to be different. I think he knows that the pressure is going to be different because at Barcelona, whatever he touched was going to work, right? Now, if he comes to Premier League, there are going to be questions out there and he's going to, change, he's going to have to change his attitude a little bit, I think, because in a way, don't you think he's going to have to prove himself again? Now, I'm not going to sit here and going to say, well, this is a little messy. He's going to be able to play anywhere, which we've been saying for years, right? Most of the people. But I think he's going to see this as a pressure situation in a totally different league, in a team and in a league that not everything's going to be catered to Mr. Messi. He's going to hear stick. I mean, look, I mean, when I listen, when you play in La Liga, no matter where Leo goes, there's no pushback there. Think about it, right? Because, you know, if he plays in Las Palmas or Villarreal or even at Atleti, you know, remember Real Madrid, that 5-0. I mean, they all stood, you know, they all stood up and, you know, it was the same with Ronaldinho and with him. They give him standing ovation. You think that's going to happen in England? Zero chance. One bad pass and you know what's going to happen. It, it's something that he probably thinks he knows, but until you're there, you're not going to know. So, A, he's going to have to prove himself a, you know, a lot in, in a brand new league, in a, in a physical and fast league, which, by the way, requires defending as well, right? But I think Pep is in a different situation because Pep now, a little bit older, wiser, he can say, look, when you come here, the, the, the relationship we have at Barcelona no longer exists. It's a little bit different. Because he can say, now, look, I want you, and I'll find a way. But it's going to be on my terms, not on your terms like it was when I first got to Barcelona. This would be my guess, because Pep's not going to take that risk if he thinks that Leo Messi, again, is going to sort of maybe expect that things are going to be the same as they once were under Pep. Different situation. I think... When you look at, obviously, him and Ronaldo constantly define each other. 
Ronaldo's answered the questions about how he would succeed in Spain, how he would succeed in Italy. There are no questions marks around Cristiano Ronaldo anymore. The only question that really uh, that still remains about Lionel Messi is how he would do in another league. Right? This is the one question he has to answer in his career. Some people feel he doesn't need to. Uh, but playing in the Premier League is different than playing in the Champions League. Very different games. So they're not analogous in the same way. But if it starts purely for Lionel Messi, he will be under a pressure that he's never experienced before. Uh, and a whole different press back and a whole different level of courage, coverage because they are going to expect genius immediately. They are going to expect him to come in, to set games on his own and be the greatest player ever to grace the game, especially with the money that's involved. The pressure will be immense on Messi. Now, I'm not saying he's not, he's not capable of going there and handling that and, and delivering, but... Certainly, it won't be romantic in the same way it is at Barcelona. Uh, he's no longer the kid that came through the academy. He's now a massive player under, uh, with a massive price tag that uh, will they'll not be they, will, will not be so forgiven for his mistakes. Um, the Messi that I saw against Bayern Munich is one that would concern me, and one that I would hope was a consequence of where he was at in Barcelona rather than where he's at as a player because that Messi is genius as he was. Uh, Barcelona, uh, Bayern Munich handled him quite easily. Yeah, but he was jaded. You know, sometimes yeah. When, yeah. when you know, you, you know, when you know your team is not good enough, you just know. Mm -hmm. yeah. We've seen him play, even when Barcelona got the results, right? He still knows, especially at home in the camp now against any team, you know, they have enough to really beat anybody. And he's always going to stand out, right? I mean, he's all, because he's always going to be able to beat people, you know, and, and that's going to be the same in England. I mean, he's going to be able to beat people. If not, they're going to follow him, which is even worse, right? If you're going to give him free kicks, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. here's the thing. And I'm going to be careful or, I mean, should I be? I, I don't really <laughs> care. But, but, you know, I mean, think about it. When I, you know, I could make a case that it may be easier for him to go to, to Serie A, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they're good defensively that they foul, but again, I just mentioned what happens when you foul. But the game is a little bit slower. In a way, it's not as intense, right? But in England, think about it. So many players overcommit, which, which Leo will love. Think about it, because the game is just fast-paced, and, and very often for zero reason whatsoever. Play, players just go at you. You know, he doesn't even have to touch the ball. He just drops the shoulder. Thank you very much. You're gone or you're being fouled. But look, if you think of Manchester City, you tell me, Kevin De Bruyne and Messi. I mean, mm -hmm. Kevin De Bruyne is like Xavi. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, first of all, he's going to take the pressure of the Messi that we knew in the last few, you know, last year or two, where Messi felt that he had to do everything. He's changed the, play, the way he's played. When Xavi was there, he didn't have the responsibility to go deep, to make the game, to finish the game, to score, you know, or, or to set somebody up. He's only been doing that because he said to himself, looked around and said, mm, somebody's got to do it, right? Maybe that, that was a fault on his part. I'm just stating facts. I just think of Kevin De Bruyne, what he's going to do, and the, the wavelength, the, the through ball, mm -hmm. not being afraid to squeeze the ball, the one-twos between the, them two, right? To get behind, again... Hear me here, although he's doing much better. I look at Sterling getting behind, like Iniesta, like Pedro once was, or like David Villa was. Between De Bruyne, who's doing that with Sterling already as it is, now you have Messi. Now you have to worry about them too. I mean, 
the people are there for Messi to be successful. Let's just be honest. Kevin De Bruyne is absolutely un unbelievable. I can't even imagine what happens when those two get on the same page. And just assuming that Pepe is going to say, hey, you two can beat most teams by yourself. Just because thinking-wise and intelligence-wise, you, you, you way past them. Your technique is good enough to, to do things or try things, I should say, that others wouldn't. Look, I see every pass that Messi sees and De Bruyne. I just don't have the guts to pull it off. Me as a former player. I've tried them, you know. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Sometimes you have that, you see that little opening and you say, well, that's a 50-50. You don't want to take your chance. Between those two, come on, Phil, right? And yeah. then Thurman getting behind. And Aguero, come on, Aguero. You know, people will say, well, in Argentina, when they play together, Aguero could be no different than, than Suarez. We're talking Premier League here. Yanis, listen, if you're a Manchester City fan, the one thing you don't care about is how much it costs because it's natural money. Secondly, you're a football fan. You go to Manchester City every week to see the best players possible on the pitch. Right? The business, the finances, that's for somebody else to worry about. If you're, if you're a Manchester City fan, you want Lionel Messi at all costs. To see that player in your shirt every week is something City fans couldn't have possibly dreamed about 20 years ago. Right, uh, it is Manchester United's worst nightmare in terms of the branding and everything else that Messi would bring to Manchester City. Right, uh, and in many ways, it would be a statement to Manchester United about how the balance of powers continued to shift towards the blue side, which is difficult for me to say, but that's a reality. And uh, this is something that 10 years ago you would have expected the reverse. You would have expected United to be leading the, the, the charge for Messi and it, would have been, it wouldn't have been a choice. So if you're a City fan, there is no choice. You want playing on Messi at your football club, wearing your shirt, just simply because uh, what's the alternative? Are you going to celebrate the club saving 200 million? What the hell does that mean to you? But those fans don't really care. You know, fans don't care. No. I mean... They, they just, it's not their money. You know, when I listen to the fans, yeah, I mean, they ultimately may pay a little bit of a price if the season, you know, if the tickets go up a little bit. But fans don't care. They don't care about the FFP as much as we think they do, right? I mean, you support fans a club. I support clubs. I, you know, I'm going to go to the games. I don't care what happens. For as long as I think that my team has a chance at doing, you know, doing something, I'm always there, right? So, so I don't think that's going to be an issue. I would have to imagine. I would have to imagine the Premier League quietly is doing cartwheels somewhere there, and it's of course, and and, it, and it's bringing cash under. I don't know some special subway that goes under. Uh, you know, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> I know. City, right? I mean, you know, the rules maybe the FFP. Who cares, right? Because I mean, for Premier League, you know, that would be a coup of epic proportions, right? Because it brings so much, not just to Manchester City, but 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 to the to the league itself. The question will remain, and I know you you're very good at that. I, I try to be. I mean, I I'm informed, but I don't try to go that down that rabbit hole of all the mm -hmm. finances, right? But obviously the question is going to be with that clause, you know, what, because I mean, if Manchester mm -hmm. City or any other club, as many have read probably, so I'm not saying anything new, if they're going to do it, they want to make sure that the, that doesn't come back later in form of lawsuits that that's right. 700, whatever, 620 million pounds or 700 million euros, whatever it is, that that price eventually, right? Because Barcelona is going to be taking this to cast, is going to be taking this to every court. You, you don't want that liability. So that's going to be the biggest issue 
of who's in the right. Is it because the season was longer and then Leo Messi, you know, rightfully sent it only after the season ended to be true to some good values, by the way, mm -hmm. if that was his point. Or, you know, is it going to stand with Barcelona saying, well, no, that was supposed to be done in whatever, June or July, I can't remember now. Oh, but, but, but City won't want it. City will probably ask for some ironclad assurances or any club that they won't have to deal with that. I agree. But I think if you're Barcelona, there's a couple of things there. First of all, nobody ever wants to give a player that really doesn't want to be there, especially the club like Barcelona. Right? I mean, Lionel Messi is a, is a huge asset at that football club. You can't have a Lionel Messi in the dressing room like we saw against Bayern Munich that doesn't really want to be there because the cost financially to keep him, the cost of losing out on what we get to move him on, uh, is too, it's too big. You know, the, the money they now Messi makes at Barcelona is unbelievable. You can't have an asset make, without making that much money giving nothing back. So the, the, the solution always is, and it almost always comes down to, what do you want as a player, right? Because contracts are really only worth something if there's a commitment between both parties. But once one party is no longer committed, and we see this with clubs all the time with players, but players on the contract, they no longer want you to find a way of getting you out. So, uh, so, so it comes down to really Lionel Messi. If he desperately wants to leave, he'll find a solution with Manchester City. And um, <clears throat> the whole 700 million thing is... Um, that, that, to me, is not realistic. There's, there's no one's going to do Barcelona are going to be fine. Those are yeah. massive clubs. I mean, you know, everybody goes through ups and downs. It's a massive mm -hmm. club. The question, I guess, it's always going to be if he goes, whatever. I mean, if he, just, if he goes for free, you know, they save, what, $100 million in his salary. Mm -hmm. As you said, they're in a hole for, what, $800 million? That's a That's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. My big question is going to be, regardless of what happens, of how much more Saul is Barcelona willing to sell to get that right. As we know, I mean, advertising on the shirts, I mean, slowly but surely, everybody does it, right? I mean, it's not just Manchester City, mm -hmm. you know, Bayern Munich, as we all know it, uh, you know, everybody will have to do it if you want to compete, you know, with the four or five best clubs in the world. It's just the nature of the beast. Uh, uh, so that's going to be interesting to see, but I, I'm, I'm, I, I sometimes think that clubs like this just they'll find a way to survive. I thought the same of Arsenal. I thought the same of your team, Manchester United. It may take a while. Maybe not. that's something yeah. that fans aren't used to, but they're institutions. And rarely do we see a massive club like that, you know, a, a collapse. Remember Real Madrid not that long ago had an issue, right? I think they had to sell mm -hmm. their stadium, the Bernabeu. Remember yeah. they found a way. And next thing Can you know, they, you know, next thing you know, look at that. You know, three times, they won how many Champions League since then? So, so I think those big clubs will find a way, you know, just like Real Madrid's finding a way without Cristiano Ronaldo, right? Uh, one La Liga uh, uh, and without Messi, Barcelona will, will, will find a way. It'll be interesting to see how they do both go forward with Barcelona Real Madrid. Of course, Ronaldo and Messi looks like Messi could be out no longer a La Liga with Ronaldo Messi. Real Madrid desperate to get Gareth Bale also, who will be the new... Messi and Ronaldo, superstars to come through at Real Madrid, Barcelona, we shall see. I want to move the conversation on um, to Chelsea because football club that uh, has been the most active this summer. Uh, the, every fan is the envy uh, of, is envious of Chelsea. They've uh, mixed their Yanis between sending experience and like Santiago Silva and sending young players like some alongside that they've got for free. Uh, they've also bought Timo Werner, which is a good price, I think. Kai Havertz um, is not 100% official, but looks like it's going to get done. Magnificent young talent. From everything I read and hear about people in Germany, they compare him to a young Michael Ballack. 
looks like a fantastic player. Um, Chelsea, of course, were getting a lot of praise, praise last season for playing young players. It would appear that uh, these young academy players are no longer going to be a consideration. But um, is this a case of Roman Abramovich looking at FFP with Manchester City and saying, this is not enforceable, we no longer care, we're going to go after this? Or is this a result of um, them not buying a season before? I know they still bought Pulisic, um, but not buying a season before and trying to catch up. Um, and, and lastly, in the three parts of that, what does it do to address room to bring that many players in at once, Janish? Yeah, well, the last part, I mean, there's a lot of questions there. I mean, first of all, with Roman Abramovich, uh, I think you, you, right, you know, normally I would say, you know, in times like this, you buy, right? I mean, it's just like stock market, right? When everything, when it's sold off in March, smart people were buying, right? <laughs> and they're reaping the rewards right now. So you have to think in the same terms uh, uh, with football clubs, although I'm not, I'm not sure that he's getting any discounts on these players, right? So he's still spending money. I think to a degree, you know, because I, I get a lot of, you know, on Twitter and everywhere, people are like, well, they're doing Manchester City, they're, in do, they're doing this, that, or the other. To me, it's a little bit refreshing. A, I can understand it because as you've said, a couple of windows they couldn't, couldn't buy, right? So essentially they saved some money. But most importantly, I think it shows that, again, Abramovich cares, and he always cared. Because think about it. I mean, how long has he been there? But all I can remember was saying, well, what happens if one day Abramovich leaves, takes his money back to Russia? You know, Because remember, nobody believed that Abramovich was there for the right reasons. Remember those, those times? It's been now 10, how many years? You know, I, I just can't remember. But long time ago, yet he's always been in the game. Even just a couple of years ago, remember when he had issues in England where, you know, they didn't give him a visa and, you know, he was investigated. He's actually left, I believe, uh, for Israel, I think, uh, in terms of his residency. And again, that was the second time where people saying, well, now surely he's going to lose his interest. And it almost looked as if he did, right? Then the financial play issues came into play. And you say to yourself, everybody was like, oh, look at Chelsea, look at this, look at... And you know what? See, that... I like that because I've always somehow felt, not hindsight, by the way, that he did love his club. You know, because when he was there, he was always or most of the time in the games. I think to him, it was a real investment, maybe not born out of passion initially because, you know, he wasn't a Chelsea fan. And I think he was pretty open with that. But I think he's now just saying to himself, look, this is an opportunity. I want Chelsea once again at the top of the games. I may no longer live in, in Britain. I may no longer, you know, uh, I, I go to games. But this is my investment. I still care about it. And here's an example of that. I think that's good. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think you can question Roman Bramovich's commitment. Uh, but I think what you can question is there's certain legitimate questions surrounding his businesses and some mm. of the things that have gone on off the pitch. Um, that are a legitimate concern that, quite frankly, is a matter for, um, for the Premier League where they repeatedly fail, in my opinion, in enforcing a fit and proper test. Where yeah, we yeah, have yeah. people who should different own... Different conversations. Yeah, yeah, and that's a different conversation. Right? What he's done since he's been to Chelsea, you can't question, right? And what I will say, let's just look at Chelsea surely as a football club. I think last year they made a profit. Uh, this is a football club that when Peter Kenyon said... Will 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 at the very least break even within ten years. Most people thought it was ridiculous, right? I think that was the time scale. Right, right. But to be fair to Chelsea, they did do that, 
And you can argue, well, they bought a lot of young players to, to develop and sell to raise money regardless, right? They did it, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a commercial juggernaut in the same way Manchester United is. It's in the capital. It's in London. It's prime yep. real estate. It costs a lot of money yep. to have football clubs down there, to live down there. Um, and I think that if he did do what people said, what he takes out his money and goes away, what he leaves behind is far better than what he inherited, Janish. Right? He would leave behind a football club that is completely different. I mean, the Chelsea that we saw under Ken Bates was a Chelsea that yeah. would bring aging stars, almost like an MLS team, like Viali and, and Hullet and these players when they're finishing their careers in Italy. We don't see that at Chelsea anymore. This is a football club that all the top players in the world want to play for. Uh, and, and so I, I can't fault what they've done as a football club and had they run the football club. There are, of course... But he's not alone. There's a lot of managers. There's a lot of owners in the Premier League. For me, the, the worst was actually Shinawatra that never should have been allowed to buy a football club. This is a matter for the Premier League. You judge Chelsea solely as the football club, you have to commend them for uh, who they bought, for their continued commitment and uh, to, to, to stay remain at the top. And, and I still think, you know, I know they couldn't buy last year, but uh, Frank Lampard, they stuck by him. They gave him a year and now they've supported them this summer. I don't Before grieve. you move on, because I know yeah. you want to, I'm just going to mention, I, I think part of the spending stream may have been also him walking away from, you know, that rebuild of, of Stamford Bridge, you know, because that was sure. going to be crazy money put into it. And once he's decided he's not going to do it, that probably open up maybe the thinking yeah. of, you know, if I'm not going to invest crazy money into that stadium, then maybe I can reinvest that money I thought was going to go towards the stadium towards the playing squad. I just want to mention that. Yeah, that's a good point because the cost of real estate in London, especially where Chelsea are, is insane. Right? I mean, it, 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 it's absolutely ridiculous. And when I saw a commercial on, uh, on the internet uh, for a, an apartment, which was a glorified cloakroom, <laughs> a glorified <laughs> closet for 250000 Right? I mean, it's insane. There's no toilet in it, nothing. No. Um, so, um, and we see this in New York anyway. But let's see, let's see. But so, in that sense, you have to commend them. They, 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 they give Frank Lampard a job. He, to me, was not one of the top four managers in the Premier League, regardless. He, they, they support him. This year is the year where Frank finds out that, um, you know, the, the honeymoon period's over. You have to deliver. You've been given the players. You have to hit the ground running. It's a lot of players to get to get into your squad. Once you bring in more than three, four players, Giannis, you completely change the dynamic of the dressing room, of who runs the dressing room, of the culture of the dressing room. And it's a risk. It's a big risk. It's a big, you, you asked me that before. I, I failed to answer that. It is, because again, I don't know if it was with you last time or where, you know, where I was speaking, but it's a little bit, reminds me of that situation with Spurs when, uh, when uh, Gareth Bale was sold in Luka Modric, remember? Mm -hmm. Remember that one year, yeah. I think, I, you know, they brought nine players. Mm -hmm. It was a disaster mm -hmm. because it was impossible to integrate that, especially with a short off season, right? So you bring in these players, Kai Havertz is not even there, uh, right? I mean, the season starts in a week's time, mm -hmm. well, it starts tomorrow, but you know, in a week's time, you got to be playing and you just stopped. And all of a sudden, you have all these players that haven't truly been able to, to train yet, you know, maybe one or two. You know, Kai Havertz come in, Thiago Silva came in today, right? And, and, and as we said, there may be one or two more. I mean, ben Chilwell, you know, so, so there is a risk because he came in, sort of established his team a little bit last year. In a short period of time, we're, we were fairly we were fairly sure of, you know, which Chelsea team was going to start, right? And, and let's not forget, I would have to imagine that part of the problem is that it's not just the player coming in, but the players that he wants to get rid of, 
that he may mm -hmm. not be able to get rid of, right? Mm -hmm. Because in that midfield, all of a sudden, you know, you, there's always going to be the question, I don't know, Jorginho, Kovacic, and Kant. I think there, but you know, there's, there's plethora of younger players coming in. And now, you know, with the ZX of the world, and you have Pulisic, and you have uh, Hudson Otoy, and then you had, uh, you know, uh, what's his name from Holland, uh, ZX. And and now Kai Havertz, right? So so to figure all that out is not all that easy. I mean, it's mm -hmm. I can tell you from that because everybody now, all of a sudden, is truly looking over the shoulder. Just as they thought, you know, last year he comes a new manager. What is that going to mean for me? You kind of now, you maybe just maybe know the pecking order. When the season ends, you say to yourself, "Well, they bought Ziyech early. You know, normal. One or two players are going to come in. Well, here we are." Mm -hmm. And it's not one or two or three, it's five, six or seven or eight, right? So some of these young players like Tomori, like Zuma, Thiago Silva mm -hmm. comes in, Christian, Christensen is there, Rudiger is there, right? Emerson and, and Marcus Alonso, obviously somebody's got to go, but who goes, who stays? I, I, you're quite right. It's never easy. I don't care how many, you know, because often we say there's never enough, you know, enough of good players, but sometimes there can be too much. In other words, it just takes time to get that kind of puzzle together. Yeah, agreed. Let me uh, finish up, Janis, uh, by asking you about Harry Maguire because he's made the headlines in England. One of the things that we see today with the media, it doesn't matter what topic it is, it's always the same. There's a huge rush to judgment before facts are, are known. And there's pontificating about proselytizing about how you should behave and all this. Harry Maguire done an interview yesterday that changed the narrative about whether he was wonderful or misbehaved. Quite frankly, he reacted the way many of us would have reacted in the situation if what he has said is true. He deserved the benefit of the doubt, in my opinion. Uh, he, I know he was convicted without a trial, right? Mm -hmm. It was no real trial. Uh, but I also know that if you're a footballer, especially in English football, where you go to resorts where there's lots of English football fans, these players get untold abuse, especially from drunk football fans. It happens over and over and over again. Um, and that is a topic that's rarely discussed, nor is it rarely something that's taken into consideration when the media are slaughtering players. And I'm not just taking off for Harry Maguire because he's a Manchester captain. I have criticized the football club, criticized players of the club over and over again when I feel in the wrong. Um, but what's your take on this? Because... Uh, he has been hung at the dry again by the English press, and it seems to me they jumped the gun. <clears throat> yeah, when I saw, well, I mean, first of all, he's got to know better. That, that's that, that's to start with. It, it doesn't mean that you know he, he just does. Football is different, even in my time, and you know, and, and and to some degree. But this was happening in Europe too. But even you know, a lot of players want to come to the United States because you know nobody will necessarily go walking down the street who you are, right? Uh, uh, you know that's not going to happen uh, when you adopt, you know, that sort of a profile. A Manchester United player, or you know, I mean, it's happened to Liverpool players, and and, and it's going to happen to just about everybody. And especially in the day of social media, it could be fans that love you, and they will still take advantage of you because they're going to get their, you know, 15 minutes of fame, or not even 15 minutes, mm -hmm. that one minute on Twitter where they're going to get, you know, their likes, and for for mm -hmm. a day or so, they're going to feel great. And those sometimes are the people that are often fans of the club. They may love the players. They mm -hmm. may have nothing, you know, against them, but they will take advantage of their misfor misfortune, right? So again, I, you know, I don't know every context like you do as a, you know, I read the articles and, and then even though I read the articles, I have to ask myself, well, do I believe this? Do I trust this? Right. 
which correspondent do I do I trust, and and you know which newspaper uh, is trustworthy. So look, but but at the end of the day, he's put himself in a difficult situation. No matter what the context of it was, like for me, immediately when I saw because his sister was there, right, mm-hmm. and she was part of it. So here's me, this woman, I'm going to say, well. I am going to give him benefit of doubt. She was mm-hmm. involved. And, you know, I mean, we just say sister. She she might have been the instigator, for all mm-hmm. I know. I mean, right. we, we just don't know. So right. I always say you best to sleep on it a little bit for right. people like you and I, right? I mean, the right. newspapers will do what newspapers will do. I don't jump at anybody, you know, although I was tempted, you know, me, Liverpool fan, and you, Manchester United, but no, I wasn't tempted. But you know how it is. I can understand how how, you know, the Liverpool fans, as you could see, and everybody else for that matter, and even England fans, uh, you know, had fun with him uh, at that. But I feel for these players because these days there's no place you can escape to. You know, you almost have to be very, very creative. You have to go out of your way. But what's the fun in it? You just want to be a, a, you just want to be a normal person. You, You should be able to go anywhere and just for vacation and keep it to yourself. And you know what? If you wanted to have two or three beers too many, so what? It's your off season. You should be able to do it. Now, what happened and, you know, time will, you know, some things are coming out um, and there'll be more. It's kind of a little bit unfortunate, but that's part of, you know, it comes with it. It comes with the territory. and, and, And I would have to say is don't put yourself in any of those situations because some of it, you're not going to be in control of. See, because people will say, well, he didn't do anything. But but you have to think even further than that. He says, well, it's like driving the car, right? You say, I'm a great driver. I'm a safe driver. But but other people are crazy. You may not cause an accident, right. but you may be part of it. Correct. So it's almost the same situation, isn't it? Yeah, look, I mean, you go through the eras of the 60s, the 70s, years like that. What happened before there was camera phones and everything else that was going on in these pre-season or, or, or off-season vacations? I've spoken to players from that era uh, off the air, and uh, many of it's not repeatable. <laughs> so, you know, but and, and, and there has to be a time for you to be a human being, right? There has to be a time for you not to be on the spotlight and owned by the public where you can turn the camera off and say, look, you can be a human being and everybody makes mistakes. I make them, you make them, everybody makes them. There is nobody out there that doesn't make a mistake. Agreed. And so if it was that where I, Harry Maguire, just got in a fight, made a mistake, I would criticize him, but I wouldn't cast again. I'm like, look, you made a mistake, big dude. But I think that this is different. And I think that um, we have to understand that people don't stop being human, no matter how much money they make, no matter how high their profile yeah. is, they still are human beings and, uh, you know, and I just think that um, it's not just footballers; it's it's actors, it's everybody. They have this real unrealistic expectation put upon them, and, and it's, we, it's not fair. What we forget is that very often. I'm not speaking about this. I don't know, but it just just in general in this environment, players are purposely set up for this. People oh, yeah. actually go. People actually go out there, That's and correct. you know, you're unbeknownst, so you're going to go anywhere. You didn't want to do anything. And they may be able to set you up for something that you're not even aware of you doing, right? Because you can you can create an environment, you can do something, and 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 you know put a tweet or a picture with context that you didn't even know you were. You know what I mean? You can make anything up, right? And it's it's just like anything. It's it's you you may not be guilty, but you still have to deal with it. All of a sudden, something that you have to hire lawyers for, you have to explain yourself, and very often you're like, what am I explaining myself from? 
Well, so that's the way I would think now if I were still playing is that, you know, there are people out there that are going into those places to create a story. You are 100% correct. This exact scenario happened to Wien Rennie. Wien Rennie was caught driving someone else's car, Volkswagen, and Italy, I believe it was. <clears throat> and he was drunk. And uh, that whole scenario was set up by the newspapers who paid that girl to follow him into everything else that happened. So, but you're right, you're quite right. Two people do set these things up. Yanish, uh, we'll be back next week, I'm sure. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. It's Freddy, thank God. And uh, I hope you have a <laughs> wonderful weekend. Thank you for taking the time to do this. It's always great to talk to you, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Liverpool Arsenal, don't forget. <laughs> That's right. See you later, man. Bye. <laughs>